good morning, everybody. It's uh, truly a pleasure to be here. It's been a wonderful weekend so far, and um, just really enjoyed it. It's been very good. If you will look at First uh, John chapter two this morning, I was uh, talking to my my father yesterday uh, during the morning and talking about me coming up and. He said, well, when you're out there, he said, be sure to tell this person hello, and, and be sure to tell that person hello, and be sure to tell this. And I said, you know what? I said, when I get up there, I'm just going to say hello to everybody. <laughs> so everyone, my father says hello. But it has. It's, uh, it's been a wonderful time, and appreciate the, the hospitality and the kindness that has been shown to David and I, and and most importantly, the the fellowship that has been enjoyed. It's it's always such a blessing. Uh, you know, we we have so many blessings that that we receive from the Lord, and, and, and fellowship is is one of those that is is very precious to the children of God. To to be able to enter into somebody's house that you don't know, and to automatically just feel at home, and to be able to to enjoy the, the fellowship and the company of, of your brothers and sisters in Christ is, is truly a, a blessing that this world knows nothing about at all. Nothing. First John chapter 2 this morning, I want to look at a couple of verses here and, and pray that, as our brother mentioned, the Lord would be with us and, and bless us. Verse 15 John writes, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If anyone loves this world and the things of this world, the love of God the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and he tells us what is in this world, all that is in the world, these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And this world, this world paths away. The psalmist, or Solomon, he said when he, when he looked out at everything, it's just all vanity. Everything in this world is just going to pass away. One day it's just going to be all, it's all going to be burned up. One day all the, the intentions of man, the, the motivations of man, the ambitions of man, they're going to come to naught. It's all vanity. The world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And we're told by John to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And for the children of God, for God's people, this is a very needful and a very vital, a very important warning. The love of the world and the things of this world is destructive to the souls of men. It will lead to the utter ruin and destruction of man. I want to consider a couple examples in this. 
Do you remember the, the, the parable of the sower and the seed? Our Lord spoke a parable while on this earth of the sower and the seed. And he said that there was a sower that went out and a sowed seed, and that seed is the gospel. The seed is the word of God, the message of God. It's the gospel. And we know that there was seed that fell among thorns, and it says that thorns sprung up with it and choked it. And the disciples came to Christ afterwards, and they asked him, what, it, what does this mean? What does this parable mean? And, and he revealed some truth unto them. He expounded upon this, revealed the truth unto them. And he declared that that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked. And do you remember what they're choked with? The cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this life. And they're choked to where that seed does not bring forth fruit. The love of this world and the things of this world. Our Lord spoke another parable of a rich man. A rich man whose ground had brought forth plentifully. And this rich man whose ground had brought forth plentifully, he went down and he didn't have enough room in his old barns to store all of the goods that he had. So he tore down those old barns and he built up new barns to bestow all upon his goods. And having all these goods, he said to himself, he says, Soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat. Drink, be merry, enjoy this world and the things of this world. And that very night, the Lord said unto him, he said, you fool, you fool. Tonight shall thy soul be required of thee. And he said, and then whose are all those things going to be? Then. And the Lord declared, he said, this man represents those who lay up treasures, the things of this world for himself, and is not rich toward God. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin, because of the sin of the people. And graciously delivered Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah, did he not? And as he rained down fire and brimstone upon Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife. Why are we told to remember Lot's wife? As they fled the destruction of that city, Instead of keeping her eyes on Christ, instead of fleeing to Christ, instead of escaping this world and leaving it all behind, what did she do? She looked back to where her heart was. And so many other examples are given of in the word of God. How many times did the Egyptians, when they were going through the wilderness, say, why have you brought us out to this wilderness to die? We remember Egypt. We remember the, the cucumbers and the fish. We remember all these things. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, because it is destructive, isn't it? It is. How many times do we, do we look in the word of God and see where the children of God have fallen because of that. Solomon, David, with Bathsheba. The love of the world and the things of this world will lead to the utter destruction of man. John goes on further to describe what is of the world. And he tells us it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. 
And that word lust is described as a craving, desire, and longing for, and in particular for that which is forbidden. Now, what is the the lust of the flesh? We'll consider these three things for a brief moment. What is the lust of the flesh? The lust of the flesh is all the carnal and sensual pleasures of life in the world, which man desires and craves with his evil and corrupt heart. And that's, that's the problem right there is man's heart. If you want to know what the world is, just look right here. Just look to your heart, and you'll know what the, what the world is. The world exists right here in my heart. It is excess. It is man taking anything in this world to satisfy his evil's heart's appetite. The lust of the flesh is described in the word of God as adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which is unbridled lust and excess, drunkenness, gluttony, and such. The lust of the flesh is taking anything to satisfy, satisfy that evil desire from our heart. And what our heart desires is evil because our heart by nature is evil and corrupt. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes is anything visible that man sees. And having seen, he desires. And having seen, he covets. And having coveted, he takes for himself. Again, David and Bathsheba. Maybe it's just a wedge of gold. It's anything that man sees and with his evil heart and mind desires, covets, which we know from the word of God, covetousness is idolatry. It's wanting that which God has not given you, and he takes it. It could be silver, gold, whatever, whatever. The pride of life. The pride of life is ambition, it's honor, fame, praise, recognition. That's what we want by nature. By nature, we want recognition. By nature, we want fame. We want these things. Do you remember in the Garden of Eden when Satan tempted Eve? She saw the apple, that it was pleasant to the eyes, that it was good for food, and desired to make one wise. John tells us, if any man love the world, that the love of the Father is not in him at all. And all that is in the world is not of the the Father, it's of the world. And so we see here a distinction made between the people of this world and the children of God. We see a distinction made between those that love God and those that love this world. We see here those that are of the world and those that are not of the world. God's people are in this world, but we're not of this world. And when our Lord prayed in John chapter 17, he said, they're in the world, but they're not of the world. 
And God's people have the love of God shed abroad in their hearts, their ambitions, the ambitions of God's people, of God's sheep. They're not directed by this world. Their desires and affections are not set on what this world has to offer. And their conversation is not in agreement with this world. They don't talk and walk and act as this world does. We're not in agreement with this world. We're not. Here's how the children of God are known. They love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. They love Christ. They love him. Do you love this world and the things of this world, or do you love Christ? Because it's one or the other. There is a defining line. What was it the the, the prophet said? How long halt you between two opinions? There's a defining line. You're either going to love Christ or you're going to love this world. There is no middle ground. It's one or the other. One or the other. Luke 16 verse 13 says this, No servant can serve two masters. So who do we serve? No servant can serve two masters. For he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot, cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot. So you're on one side or the other. Who do you love? It's either you love Christ or you love this world. And by nature, you love this world. I want to just, by nature, by nature, you love this world. And you love everything this world has to offer. And you love yourself. That's by nature how we are. That's how we're born into this world. Are you seeking the things of this world? Are you seeking Christ? Luke chapter 12 says this, Seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. (laughs) Don't be of a doubtful mind. Unfortunately, we too often are of a doubtful mind, aren't we? For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. What's this world seeking after? What it's going to eat, what it's going to drink, what it's going to wear. The things of this world. And your father, your father who sits upon the throne of heaven, the sovereign God Almighty, your Father. (laughs) He knows that you have need of these things. And he does, doesn't he? I mean, he knows that we have need of these things. We have necessities in life, and he knows that we have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, And all these things are going to be added unto you. I can't remember where it's at, but it it talks about the the kindness and the love of a father to a child. If he needs something to eat, is he going to give him a stone? No, he's going to give him bread. He knows that we have need of these things. He knows that. And we read, fear not. (laughs) Fear not. I wish I believed that like I should. I really do. I really do. 
Because too many nights I do lay on my bed fearing and of a doubtful mind. And too often it's because I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or how am I going to get through this. And oftentimes it's because I do have my eyes on this world and the things of this world. But he says, fear not. David in Psalm 23 said, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Because you're with me. That's why. And God has promised in his word that he'll be with his people. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He dwells in us. In us. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure. What his pleasure is, what pleases him. We just sang in that song, reveal unto us your smiling face. When God reveals his face to his people, it's a smiling face, isn't it? It's a smiling face. Because when he sees us, he sees his son, in whom he's well pleased. He sees that blood. He sees his righteousness. And it's a smiling face when he reveals it unto us. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. (laughs) Just to give it to you. To give it to you. Having read that, how can we fear? (laughs) What are we going to fear? It's my father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. nothing in this world that can compare to that is there nothing in this world are you following after the world and the things of this world or are you following Christ Mark 8 verse 36 through 37 says when he called the people unto him with his disciples also he said unto him whosoever will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man? What will it profit a man if he gain the whole world? What would it profit a man if he gained this world and everything in this world, all of it, and lose his own soul? Lose his own soul. And the rich man in Lazarus, when that rich man opened up his eyes, in hell being tormented. He looked up and he saw Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. And do you remember what was said of Lazarus? Who in this life didn't have anything. He didn't have nothing. The dogs licked his sores. But he was comforted. Comforted. And the rich man was in torments. And even was said unto him that remember in this in that life you had all those good things. So what would it profit if we had everything that this world had to offer? Nothing. Nothing. Because if you don't have Christ, you have nothing. And if you have Christ, you have everything. 
Why did David say, I shall not want? Because he had everything. When Esau came to Jacob, and Esau brought all these gifts unto Jacob, you remember what Jacob said? He said, I have enough. I don't need all this. I have enough. And what he was saying is, I have Christ. I have everything. I have everything. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked, isn't it? A little. (laughs) But it's a little that a righteous man has. (laughs) A righteous man. Is your friendship with this world or is your friendship with Christ? We read in James 4, verse 4, You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of this world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God? Where's your friendship? Who are you seeking? What are you seeking? Who are you following? What are you following? Who do you love? Who do you love? It's one or the other. So we're given the warning to love not this world, nor the things of this world. So how are the people of God, the children of God, the sheep of God, how do they live in this world? How do they walk in this world? What is their attitude? What is their conversation? Look at Romans chapter 12 for a moment. And so much can be said in in regards to this. But we'll just we'll look at a couple passages that that shed some light on this, and I hope the Lord will reveal this unto us. Romans chapter twelve, look at verse one. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, now remember the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, okay? You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And in salvation, We're given a new heart and a new mind, aren't we? The renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't seek the things of this world. When we pray, how do we pray? Lord, thy will be done. Thy will be done. What is this heart want to do the will of God. We seek his will as we walk, journey through this world. Colossians chapter 3. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ... We know that when Christ died, those for whom he died for, died in him. When he he died on that cross as a substitute for those whom the Father chose in him and gave him to be surety for. When he died, we died in him. And when he arose, we arose in him. 
That's what, what baptism pictures, doesn't it? It represents is the death and resurrection. So if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. We're not seeking the things on this earth. We're not setting our affections on the things of the earth. We're seeking Him. We're seeking those things which are above. Those who walk by faith, they're not seeking a city in this world. They're looking to a heavenly country whose builder and maker and foundation is Christ, where He sits, where He is the light of, where He is the glory of, where He is the wall and the gates and the foundations and the dwelling place. We're not seeking these things. Remember, this world passes away, but that kingdom, that inheritance is undefiled and fadeth not away. It's pure and perfect. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, and one day he shall appear. He said, I'll go and I'll prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And he said, I'm going to come again and I'm going to gather you together. He shall come again. And one day we're going to see him face to face. One day we're going to be gathered together and we'll meet him in the air and we're going to spend eternity with him. And we'll be with him and dwell with him. Where he, where he will be our God and we will be his people. And we'll know him as we should know him. We'll love him as we should love him. Worship him and serve him as we should. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify, subdue, bring under control, mortify. Therefore, your members which are upon the earth, Present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil compituance, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime. When you lived in them. That describes us, doesn't it? That, that describes us. But now. <laughs> but now. But now you also put off all these. Put off rant, anger. And wrath. And malice. Blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another. Lie not to one another. When our Father speaks to us, He speaks truth, doesn't He? Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on that new man, the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of Him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all 
and in all. Christ is all, all. Put on. So we were talking about putting off these things, right? Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Holy and beloved. Loved of God with an everlasting love. And in Christ, in, by, and through Christ, we're sanctified, aren't we? Sanctified. And he is our sanctification. Holy and beloved, put these on, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so do you also. And above all these things, put on charity, put on love. And if you want to know what love does, does, does. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 today. Love does. And that love is the bond of perfectness, isn't it? The bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God, Christ who is our peace. (laughs) He is our peace, isn't he? He made peace and he is our peace. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. There's one body, isn't it? One body, Christ is the head, but we're one body, different members, but one body. And be thankful. I'm always amazed that we have to be told in the word of God to be thankful. To delight in the Lord. We're we're told. And we have to be, don't we? We do. Because by nature we are so ungrateful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly (laughs) in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, whatsoever you do, whether in word, whether in deed, Whatsoever you do, do all, do all of it. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him, by him. We're born into this world dead in trespasses and sin, shaped in iniquity, conceived in sin. Before God saves a sinner, he walked according to the course of this world. His conversation was in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. But when God saves a sinner, he creates a new creature, which was not there before. Salvation is not making a decision. Salvation is not turning over a leaf. Salvation is God Almighty creating a new creature. 
The old man is born of the flesh. That new man is born of the spirit, by the spirit. And this new man has a new nature. This new man has a new mind. This new man has a new heart with new desires and affections and ambitions. This new man does not walk as the old man did. In the lust of the flesh, in the lust of the eyes, in the pride of life. This new man does not walk in the flesh. This new man walks in the spirit. In the spirit. But we do still battle this flesh, don't we? And we war against this flesh, which is why this word of warning is so important. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. They're gone. They're passed away. All things become new. That old man walked, fulfilling the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes and the pride of life. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. It's crucified. Paul said, I'm crucified to this world, and this world is crucified to me. The new man walks in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. In him. The new man does not love this world. The new man loves Christ. The new man doesn't desire the world or or have to have this world. The new man has to have Christ. I have to have Christ. He looks to Christ, desires Christ, follows Christ. To the new man, Christ is all and everything. He confesses that he is complete in Christ, accepted in Christ, perfect in Christ, at peace in Christ. The children of God do not love this world. They love Christ. And the reason why they love Christ is because he first loved them. With an everlasting love. They do not love the things of this world. They love the things which Paul describes in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12. They love the things that are freely given to us of Christ. What did Paul say that I might win Christ? Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, every one, all of them, all of them, Every spiritual blessing God the Father has, he freely gives to his people and doesn't withhold anything. All spiritual blessings. We have Christ. (laughs) We have Christ. He gave his son to this world. And his son came and died. He gave himself. Redeemed a people. Reconciled them. We have him. His righteousness. We have that blood which was shed. His life. We have Christ. And all spiritual blessings are ours. All. P. 
Peter wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept, kept by the power of God. I'm glad I'm kept by the power of God who sovereignly sits upon the throne of heaven. I'm glad I'm kept in his hand. Through faith, we live in this world by the grace of God through faith, by faith, in faith, looking to him. Abraham went out into a country, didn't even know where he was going or what he was doing, but he went by faith, by faith. And that's, we are in this world. This world's not our home. This world's not our home. But we walk by faith, looking to Christ, leaning on him, trusting him. And one day he's going to call us home. Kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Ready to be revealed. It's ready. (laughs) It's ready to be revealed in the last time. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. May God give us a heart, a heart to love Christ. And I want to ask you this morning, do you love this world or do you love him? As I said before, it's one or it's the other. Do you love him? He does have to give us a heart to love him. I pray that this morning he'll give us a heart to love him. And to continue to love him. We read of those in Revelation who left their first love. I don't want to do that. And I do look within my heart. This, as Paul described it, this body of death. But I'm kept. <laughs> you know, that, that's a lot of times that's a problem, isn't it? When we start looking within, we... We do fear and doubt, but the truth of the matter is, is that if God has set his affection upon us, we'll never fall. We never will. You know, we, in this world we are. We're, we're in this life we're going to wander at times and we're going to go astray. But we'll have those pits of despair. Right? We'll have the, the trials, the tribulations, and, and the, the, the afflictions, the sorrow. But I'm kept. I hope that's a blessing.